Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to this EM360 podcast. My name is Max Curtin and I'm the Editor-in-Chief here at Enterprise Management 360. And today's episode is called Secure Access in the Age of Zero Trust Networking. So our guest today and to offer his insight is Sadaka Ramakrishna, the CEO at Pulse Secure, the leading provider of zero trust based secure access solutions for hybrid IT. Now, with nearly 25 years of experience across the cloud, mobility, networking, security and collaboration markets, Sudaka joined Pulse Secure from Citrix. Now, at Citrix, Sudaka served as SVP and general manager for the enterprise and service provider solutions. Then it was a $2.5 billion portfolio of virtualization, cloud networking, mobile platforms, and cloud service solutions. So welcome, Sudaka, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks a lot, Max, and it's a great pleasure to be with you today. Thank you. Well, I'm uh, looking forward to kind of delving into this topic with you. And I feel like the kind of best jumping off point for us is if we kind of talk about what are the trends that businesses are seeing that are driving organizations to take on new secure access initiatives? Max, uh, all of us have heard the term digital transformation. That has been a trend that has been ongoing for several years, actually a couple of decades, I would say. That has facilitated organizations to have a lot more workforce mobility and flexibility. The power for let's say you and I to be able to be productive wherever we are, as opposed to going to a fixed location. For instance, governments such as the ones in Japan are actually promoting what they call work style innovation. This is something coming from Japan, which is a very traditional market historically and providing the flexibility and the freedom for their employees to work from anywhere and give them the ability to be productive from anywhere is a very key trend. Obviously, mobile computing is helping that trend, and IT consumerization is obviously another trend that is um, very, very prevalent, meaning that people want IT in enterprises to look like, uh, let's call it an iPhone experience or a simple mobile phone experience. So extreme simplicity is a key trend, and extreme simplicity drives productivity, and then mobile computing offers the ability for people to be productive wherever they are. On the other side of the coin is administrators and CIOs getting more flexibility with cloud. With the ability to deliver things from the cloud, they have a lot more flexibility, a lot more agility, and obviously superior economics as well. So there's benefits that are being driven and trends that are being driven both from the consumption side as well as from the delivery side. Obviously, what happens with a great amount of flexibility driven by mobility as well as cloud-based deployment is the threat surface, as we call it, or the potential for data breaches and security risks at large also grows. And therein lies uh, the innovation of being able to create secure access In this dynamic world of mobile computing at one level, cloud delivery, and more specifically, hybrid IT and hybrid delivery on the other side. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely agree because it's a changing time, no doubt, how people kind of work and, and how people approach things going forward. And as you say, that opens up a whole new avenue for people to kind of tackle with security. Absolutely. Another angle that I wanted to kind of talk about was obviously your company sponsored an interesting global survey and it was on the state of enterprise secure access. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of giving us a breakdown on what some of those key findings were. Uh, Definitely, Max. Uh, I consider our organization to be a learning organization, meaning that we are intensely focused on customer success. And to deliver customer success, we need to be constantly learning. And it was in that context that we actually uh, did this interesting survey, as you put it. We surveyed more than 300 decision makers. And this was a very broad-based survey across the US, the UK, the dark region, etc., largely to understand what are their requirements, what are their issues, what are their concerns even, etc. Uniformly, everyone said hybrid IT is a key consideration for them. Uh, let me take a second to define what hybrid IT is here. For the previous question, I responded with cloud giving more flexibility for our customers. Obviously, they still have their data centers. Many of our customers have several thousand applications that they've built over the years that are residing in their data centers, uh, which are very valuable to them and which are not easily portable to the cloud. And yet, they want to use the power of cloud and the power of SaaS-based applications and provide a uniform experience to their consumers. So let's say you and I are uh, leveraging enterprise resources, on one hand, we might be using a SaaS application, let's call it uh, Office 365, and on the other hand, a custom homegrown application. Our expectation is that our experience when we, let's say, click on the application from a mobile phone is consistent. The ability to deliver that from an administrator standpoint is what we call hybrid IT. Therefore, we've always believed that a strict cloud-based approach or a strict data center approach does not fully serve customers' needs. And what was reinforcing to us is across the board, every customer said that this was an important consideration for us. And so it was good reinforcement. Additionally, 61% of IT organizations demonstrated little to modest confidence to migrate or mitigate, I should say, uh, access threat nets, which is a... I would say alarming statistic in my opinion, because we want customers to feel safe and yet they are asking for help from vendors such as ourselves to feel safe and be able to not only mitigate, but hopefully proactively detect potential risks. And then 49% cited access incidents due to vulnerable, infected, or unsanctioned endpoints. Uh, I'll, I'll go into that in just a uh, a little bit more detail, what they are really saying is the traditional view of security is that once you enter an enterprise, meaning once you come to your office, etc., is that your laptop, your phone, or your IP camera, they're all safe because you're within the enterprise perimeter, so to speak. That paradigm has come into serious question with a large number of very high-profile threats that have actually started from inside customer environments rather than emanating from outside customer environments. 
And one of the key concerns or key drivers for that is what we call IoT security, meaning devices such as printers, IP cameras, just to give you some common examples, uh, being threat sources as opposed to utility drivers for customers. So these were all some of the findings that uh, we uncovered as we researched and interviewed more than 300 customers worldwide. I found the results myself fascinating from from what you guys were able to pull out of this. So just for a quick note to the listeners, make sure you check out the link in the description. And I'll also be providing that at the end. So make sure you listen out for that as well, because it's well worth kind of delving into this a little bit more and looking at that. So one thing I wanted to talk about is how... If you could possibly give me an example of how secure access is enabling business transformation, but also securing it as well. I have had this long-held belief system that security should be about access, not about control. Uh, Let me explain that for a few seconds. Most security paradigms are focused on how do I stop you from doing something? In fact, the icons that security providers use are things like brick walls or locked doors, things like that. But those fundamentally destroy productivity. Ultimately, all of our jobs, uh, all of our goals, I should say, is to be how to be productive, how to be productive faster, etc. So our paradigm for security focuses significantly on simplicity, number one the ability for mobility. And when we say mobility, it is you and I as end users, as well as from an administrator standpoint, mobility to deploy things in the cloud, flexibility and freedom to deploy in the cloud, etc. But how do you assure flexibility? How do we assure ease of access without compromising security? That is our value proposition. So when we think about us as a company and what value we drive, for customers, we give them better productivity, we give them better visibility, we help them become more compliant without compromising their security. So those are the value drivers that we have been espousing and building towards for the last several years. What that has enabled us to do, in addition to what we call intense customer success focus, is earn the trust of more than 80% of the Fortune 500 customer base, which, as you know, is fairly large and fairly critical and discerning in their security needs and access needs. More than 20,000 enterprise customers and service providers across the globe leverage our products as well. And we are singularly focused on secure access, meaning how do I ensure people who are reaching their data centers and applications or devices trying to gain access to do so in a simple, safe, secure fashion, and thereby provide enterprises the value propositions that I mentioned of productivity, visibility, and compliance. The customer base that we have spans the gamut. On one hand, we have federal governments across the world. We have large banks. We have oil and natural gas. So you think of a vertical we are present in it, And we don't necessarily have to support the security needs of just the large customers. Obviously, there's only 500, Fortune 500 customers, but we support more than 20,000 worldwide. With this mindset of customer success and with the ability to deliver hybrid IT solutions, which span both their current data centers, 
as well as their future deployments in the cloud. Okay, no, that makes sense. It's about being adaptable to different sizes and different areas. So I think that's a, a good approach to have towards it. As you say, access is more important than control there. So that's true. Switching gears a little bit here, because we've spoken a little bit around, uh, obviously, the secure access side of things, but I mentioned the intro zero trust as well. So beyond the major breaches that people hear about in the news and security professionals interested in zero trust solutions, we're finding that the term itself is being applied to a wide variety of tools. So I think a good thing to start off with is if we just kind of break down what is zero trust and how does it relate to secure access? Definitely, Max. The term zero trust has garnered a lot of um, focus and attention recently. But like many terms that come up very quickly in the industry, I would say it is also a little bit ill-defined or misdefined in many contexts, much less vendors not having comprehensive zero-trust solutions. So I'll provide some context to our audience on this particular phrase. The simplest way I would describe it is zero-trust requires us in all aspects to verify something before we provide access. That may seem obvious, but a lot of solutions do not do that. And if anything, they blindly provide access depending on your location, or they try to verify something after they provide you access. So consequently, that leads to a lot of security breaches, many of which have been well published and well documented recently. So the traditional way of providing security was that every bit of traffic that comes from outside a enterprise's network was to be questioned and protected. Uh, So for instance, customers deploy firewalls, VPN solutions, intrusion prevention solutions, et cetera, to effectively create a walled garden of security. On the flip side though, once you and I enter our office, we are fundamentally trusted and therefore access is immediately given. But most recent breaches started from inside the network as opposed to starting from outside the network, which enormous protective measures are taken to prevent those issues. And the simplest uh, example I would give you is you take your laptop home, you browse the internet, you click on a link that you're not supposed to, and your laptop gets infected. Now you come to your office, you flip open your laptop, connect to the network, and instantly you're provided access because you're inside the network. However, you now have a compromised laptop that could infect the rest of your network. Therein lies the emphasis behind zero trust, which is whether something is inside the network or outside the network, it cannot be trusted to begin with. If anything, first and foremost, we need to verify it before you provide it access and therefore provide it trust. So a lot of solutions exist for that. Some are focused strictly on user identity. We take it several steps forward because of our heritage in providing very strong VPN solutions, but mostly also network access control solution. We are able to protect users, devices, and things 
whether they have a software or not, we are able to create very sophisticated profiling capabilities, understanding the behavior of devices and people and networks to provide more comprehensive visibility and truly deliver zero trust solutions. What you will notice from a secure access standpoint is because of the fact that security considerations or in general user considerations of outside and inside the network are disappearing, secure access takes on a broader and more compelling meaning in the sense that we are able to secure your access regardless of whether you're inside the network or outside the network, regardless of whether you're mobile or regardless of whether your data centers and applications are deployed in homegrown data centers or in the cloud. So basically what is happening, Max, is that the perimeters or the traditional perimeters are going to dissolve or keep changing all the time. And Secure Access has to adapt with a comprehensive set of solutions to support this particular trend. Yeah, I think that's a perfect explanation. And the thing I find interesting about Zero Trust is, as you said at the start of, uh, of your answer there, it, it seems simple, but not enough people are implementing it. And it should be something, as as we were talking about at the top of the call, a lot of people are wanting to work remotely and, and having that kind of luxury. So it's a case of there should be this extra protection for when people leave the office and when they come back in. So I think that's a, a very important thing to look at. Absolutely. Extra protection without compromising the user experience. That is really the trick here, because if you make it overly complicated for users, they're simply not going to use the technology. And if they don't use the technology, they're not going to be productive. And so that kind of goes back to security should be about access. Yes, definitely. But I think another aspect of that is obviously we're seeing a very dramatic growth in enterprise mobility, IoT, cloud computing, and that's bringing increased threats. So from what we were just speaking about just now, what steps should organizations take to progress secure access and zero trust capabilities? Definitely, Max. That's, again, a top-of-mind topic even amongst our surveys because while customers love the freedom and the flexibility, they're also worried about what does this mean, what should they consider when they make these selections, etc. First and foremost, I would say from an administrator standpoint, they should look for vendors and solutions that enable them to set policy and manage policy in the simplest possible manner meaning that administrators also have to be productive. And if you make it overly complicated for them, then they will struggle to kind of serve the needs of the organization as well. So administrative productivity is an important element of it. There's also a security dimension to it, which is if you build a solution with a lot of fragmented policies, those themselves increase the threat surface as well. So that's number one. Number two is that a lot of customers actually have more things to protect, more software to deliver, but yet have fewer people to do that. Therefore, automation from a vendor standpoint is also very, very important and to provide the tools needed. Second is in terms of how vendors are able to package and deliver these capabilities and offer flexibility is very important from a customer standpoint as well. Our customers should be 
demanding only systems that they truly need and not gather a lot of shelfware, so to speak. So vendors that are focused on true customer success should be the ones that uh, customers should be looking at. And last but not least is customers should look for vendors that not only address the needs today, but also have a vision and mission to support their evolving needs and are constantly learning themselves through a broad range of um, environments and then educating them. So for instance, one of my primary jobs I consider is to learn from as many trends as possible in the world, as many customers as possible in the world, and be able to articulate those to new customers that I see. So for instance, if I learn something from a bank in the UK in terms of a specific pain point or a need, then I should be able to parlay that into a bank in Canada, for instance, and educate that customer about a possible trend, a possible threat, etc., so that they don't have to go through the same pain. So vendors that are open-minded about it, vendors that are truly focused on customer success, offer a broad range of solutions and try to make it absolutely simple for both administrators and end users uh, will be key, I would say. No, I think that's fair. Education and learning is the backbone of how you can progress. So that makes sense of how we could take this further. So if that's how we can progress it then, what should companies consider in a secure access solution in the sense of should it differ if the enterprise only has cloud resources compared to enterprises that say have data center and cloud applications? My view, Max, is that it should be indifferent, meaning that a customer should not have to choose a vendor specifically based on, I only have data center apps, I only have cloud apps, etc. The reason for that is I would humbly submit that customers also do not know what their needs and demands will be three, four, five years from now. So therefore, they should look for vendors who truly are subscribed to the hybrid model and truly are focused on providing seamless experiences between traditional data centers and cloud and SaaS-based deployments. 100% agree. So I guess last question here to kind of wrap up, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of walk through this and and, uh, give your insights on it. But I just wanted to get your final thoughts on what you see on the horizon with regards to managing risk and fortifying compliance that security professionals should really be concerned about at this point. That's a great last question, Max, for this podcast, because I do lose a lot of sleep about what can we do as a vendor to support our customers, especially in a world where the number of devices, the type of devices, and the demands that are being placed on them are continuously growing and evolving. So we spoke earlier about automation to some degree. Uh, That is an important element of it. But understanding behaviors of people, behaviors of devices, and using machine learning, for instance, to dynamically learn and adapt are going to be very, very important for customers to be able to scale across a broad range of users, broad range of behaviors, broad range of devices, and still be able to protect their access while simplifying access and not killing productivity. 
So these are the complexities that are going to continue to exist and possibly proliferate. And to that end, I think it is a technology challenge and a technology solution, I would say, to enable customers to understand proactively behaviors, uh, leverage emerging trends like machine learning, uh, to be able to spot risks well before they become threats and deliver superior secure access to their end users, as well as derive superior economics and not have to over-engineer their infrastructure policies or solutions. Excellent. I think that's a, that's a perfect way to go out and hopefully people kind of take that on board. So Sadaka, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with regards to zero trust and secure access for hybrid IT, as well as details about Pulse Secure itself. I've uh, really enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks a lot, Max, and thanks again for having me. Anytime. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. At the top of the podcast, I mentioned a recently published Global State of Secure Access report. So if you want to obtain a complimentary copy and just go through the findings and what was uh, looked at, go on to postsecure.net forward slash EM360. It's definitely worth checking out to find out all the information that was collated there. So that's postsecure.net forward slash EM360. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back soon with another podcast. You've been listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com.